Good morning, church. How are you today? Our theme for this season is the good news for the whole world. And I think that theme is very, very timely. Timely in relation to the fact that we are experiencing one of the world's worst conditions that we have ever experienced as a generation. Timely because of the fact that we as a people even is experiencing our own modes and and manners of, of struggles. Timely because of the fact that when you look at the whole world today, it's just, the world is just so full of of hatred, of divisions, and conflicts. But I think the question that I need to ask right now would be, how does the gospel speak about our, the realities of our everyday lives? How is the gospel impacting what we are doing daily? And I think that's a very, very valid question. Because the gospel does not only speak about the, the broader contextual realities of the world. It has to speak of what's going on in each of our lives as individuals. So my question today is this. How does the gospel impact your life on a day-to-day basis? How do you live the gospel daily? And you know what? The best way to gauge the impact of the gospel in our daily lives would be through our prayers. Because our prayers really speak about our mindsets. It speaks about our priorities. It speaks about our concerns. It speaks about what is really taking place daily in our lives. And so in relation to prayer, how do you describe your daily life? What are your priorities? What are your concerns? What are the things that you pray for most often in life? Lifeway, which is a Christian research institution, just made a survey, or I think it was a couple of years ago, and the survey was about what are the things that people pray for, and here are the results of the survey. According to the survey, it shows that usually people pray for families or friends. And second, they pray for their own problems. And third, they pray for good things that would be occurring in their lives. And fourth, they speak about and pray for sins. And then people in natural disasters. Interestingly, the prayers about God's greatness is only ranked sixth among the, people, among the items that people pray for. This is interesting because oftentimes our tendency would be to pray not about our praises to God, our greatness or the greatness of God, but usually directed towards ourselves. Prayers of adorations sometimes are given only less importance in our lives. This is our order of priorities in our prayers. And believe it or not, my friends, the pandemic allows us to really reflect on what we need to pray for at this time, particularly in terms of praising God, particularly in terms of thanking God. If there's something that the pandemic is reminding us today, it is that God is putting on our hearts the importance of prayer. And while we, be, we would be speaking about prayers today, we need to look at how these prayers really impact our daily lives. We need to look at how the gospel really speaks about the realities of our daily lives. And so we pray. We pray for the purpose that we are reflecting the gospel in our daily lives. The pandemic really is affecting us on a day-to-day basis. It is affecting how we live. 
And the fact is, the pandemic is also reminding us that we and everything that we depend on, particularly in terms of uh, physical things, are gone and are being removed from us. People are losing their jobs. Relationships are even being stressed out right now. And so many things that we take for granted have been removed from us. And that is why today we would be taking this journey, a journey through the Lord's Prayer, a journey that really speaks not just about prayer, but really allowing us to see in what ways can we let the gospel reflect in each of our everyday lives. But as we look at the Lord's Prayer, I'd just like to emphasize that the Lord's Prayer is not just about teaching us how to pray. It's really about a guide for daily living. And if you would notice that in the scriptures, there are only two mentions of the Lord's Prayer. The first one would be in the book of Matthew that was read to us. And the second one is in the Gospel of Luke. And I would be focusing on the Gospel of Luke because when you look at the, the, the hearers of the Gospel of Matthew, it speaks about the hearers who are Jewish Christians. But for the Gospel of Luke, the hearers are actually the Greeks. And so I would just like to focus on the book of Matthew and the Gospel of Matthew because in relation to the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord's Prayer really speaks about our guide for daily life. If you look at the, the, the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Matthew, it is really part of the whole Sermon on the Mount, which was really precepts about our daily life, the ethical imperatives in Christian life. And so we would look at the Lord's Prayer today. And I would just like to emphasize two aspects of the Lord's Prayer that we would be focusing on today. If you would notice that if you read the Lord's Prayer, the first half really speaks about the giving of attention to God. The three key points that are mentioned would be, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done. But the second half of the Lord's Prayer speaks about our prayer for ourselves and for others. It speaks about give us today our daily bread, which is really a prayer for provision. Second, forgive us our debt or our trespasses, which is speaking about our prayer for pardon. And third, lead us into temptation, which is a prayer for protection. Amazingly, all of these prayers, all of these items really speaks about all our human needs. According to one author, provision really takes care of our personal needs, pardon takes care of our past, and protection takes care of our future. All of these things, the second portion of the Lord's Prayer, really speak about all our human needs, all our physical needs. So in the Lord's Prayer, my friends, we see a pattern starting from speaking with God, and it would end up with us. But today, we would be focusing on the second half of, the, of, the, of this uh, Lord's Prayer, particularly the sentence, give us today our daily bread. This would be our focus. What does it mean for the gospel to be impacting our daily lives? If you look at this phrase, or if you look at this sentence, give us today our daily bread, it speaks about the bread. And the Greek word for bread really speaks about a common, ordinary bread. That means it's a prayer for food. But bread in Scripture, my friends, is more than just literal bread. It really speaks also about all things that are physical, all things that are material, all the material things that we need in life, whether it might be food, 
whether it might be clothing, whether it might be our shoes and everything else, even our neighbors, even our government. But when you speak about daily bread in Scripture, it speaks about all physical aspects of our daily lives. And so what is Jesus teaching us, therefore, in relation to this context about bread in our daily lives? First, that Jesus is teaching us that all material things do not lie outside the realm of prayer. Let me repeat that. Jesus is teaching us that material things do not lie outside the realm of prayer. We could pray for all material things. We could pray for food. We could pray for for possessions. We could pray for our clothes. We could pray for our neighbors, for our government, for the political and social structures of our society. Second, Jesus is teaching us the importance of total dependence on God for things that we need daily. Again, let me repeat that. Jesus is teaching us on the importance of total dependence on God for things that we need daily. The gospel has to speak to us on a daily basis. And as we pray, we do need to pray about things that affect us daily, whether it might be our problems, whether it might be our concerns, whether it might be things that really affect us on a daily basis. But the Lord's Prayer is not just about a model for prayer. It is not just about teaching us how to pray. In fact, the Lord's Prayer is about teaching us a new way of life. It is a call for daily living. It is a call for a new way of life. It is what we call as the daily bread living. And how does the gospel speak in relation to this? How does the Lord's Prayer then teach us what it means to live on a day-to-day basis? Because the gospel, my friends, need to speak to us on a daily basis. The gospel is not just about what's taking place in all over the world. It has to speak about what's going on in each and every life of humanity. It has to speak in each and every life of a Christian. And so the gospel has to speak on this. And so as we speak about the daily bread living, there are four qualities that we need to apply in our daily lives. First, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. In the statement, give us today our daily bread, I would like to emphasize the the phrase, give us. That, that, that phrase, that term speaks about the fact that it is God who gives us everything that we need in life. Give us, Lord. It only speaks of the fact that everything that we have comes from God. Every moment that God gives you is a reason to be grateful. Every moment and everything, even the clothes that you are wearing right now, even the food that you are eating on a daily basis, even your children, your parents, your husbands, your wives, your government. These are the things that we need to be grateful for to God daily. But this is the problem. Because oftentimes we forget to to, to praise God and to thank God even for these small things. Being grateful for ordinary things in life means that we need to focus on things that are mundane, things that are simple, our daily bread our physical things. We do not need to forget this. We need to remember that every aspect of our lives are reasons to be thankful to God for. Why don't you, just a reminder today, can you be thankful for the person who is sitting beside you right now? Can you be thankful for a friend? 
Can you be thankful for your wife or your husband or your children? In spite of the fact that in terms of relationships, there would always be problems. But the fact is, these are blessings from God. Have you even said thank you to your spouse or to your children or to a friend who has been there for you? We need to have an attitude of gratitude. Second, the daily bread living teaches us to have an attitude of contentment. The phrase says, give us today our daily bread. Our daily bread. We are to pray for our daily bread, not for our daily dessert. Let me repeat that. We are to pray for our daily bread, not for our daily dessert. We need to pray for that which is essential. We are to pray for things that are common, everyday needs that we have. And it is not an invitation, my friends, to pray for non-essential things. It is not an invitation to pray for non-essential things. Jesus encourages us to pray to God for our needs, not for our greed. Yet, oftentimes, our focus would be on things that we don't even need. Sometimes, a want becomes a need just because we saw it, just because we desire it, just because we like it. But the fact is, not everything in life is a need. It might just even be a want. So we need to differentiate those matters. And we need to be careful that what we need to pray for and what we need to be thankful to God for would be those which are essential to daily living, our daily bread. And so we need to have an attitude of contentment. Jesus is encouraging us to be thankful for our daily needs. Third, we need to have an attitude of confidence. In that sentence, God, give us today our daily bread, I would just like to emphasize that word today. And so, my friends, when you speak about today, it is about this present time. God, God's provision really works on a day-to-day basis. Yet, we oftentimes push things that are in the future in the present. We worry a lot. We are anxious about so many things. And that is why one of the teachings in Matthew chapter, 26, uh, chapter 6 is really about not, not, not worrying and not being anxious about the future. The problem is that we do not like to live on a day-to-day basis. We want to hoard and we want to put everything today on things that are actually in the future. And so we end up not actually trusting God and we lose the true meaning of faith. We lose the true meaning of faith. We need to have an attitude of confidence that on, the, on a day-to-day basis, God would be providing to us rather than worrying, rather than be anxious. Because otherwise, the moment we become anxious, the moment we are always confused about what needs to happen in the future, then we lose the true meaning of faith. Does this mean that we do not plan ahead? Of course not, because that's not the purpose of God. The Bible has never been against planning ahead. What the Bible is against of would be worrying. We, shouldn't, we, we should plan ahead, but we shouldn't worry ahead. Worrying is in contrast to, uh, to faith. Worrying is unfaith. Worrying is about doubting God for his provisions on a daily basis. The opposite of faith is unfaith. And unfaith means worrying, of always being anxious about so many things in life. 
things in the future that hasn't even happened. And we are trying to push that towards the present. We need to have an attitude of confidence that God will provide on a daily basis. And fourth, we need to have an attitude of generosity. The title says, Give us today our daily bread. Our. And that terminology, our, is actually an inclusive term. It is not just about prayer for ourselves. It is a prayer for other people. The term our means that you are never invited to pray for yourself alone. The moment you, you, you focus your concerns and prayers on yourself, that becomes a selfish thing. That becomes an attention-grabbing attitude wherein you are really focused on things that you just need without consideration of the needs of other people. We need to have an attitude of generosity, and that means our prayer would be to allow ourselves to look at what are the needs of other people. That in the midst of our own sufferings, other people are suffering as well. That in the midst of our own pain, other people are experiencing pains as well. I remember the words of John Doan. John Doan was the one who, who coined the term, no man is an island. And John Doan once said, any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for you. Let me repeat that. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for you. The death of others, the pain of others, become your own pain. Whatever happens to humanity, Whatever happens to your friends, whatever happens to other people becomes your own pain and your own struggles. And that is the meaning of incarnation. When God became a man to be with us, to experience our own pains and to experience our own sufferings so that he could be with us. And the life that God is asking of us in relation to daily bread living would be to live an incarnational life. A life that is always given for the sake of others. A life that is always given because others need to be part of God's kingdom as well. We need to live an incarnational life. This is the life of a Christian. A life of giving. A life of always consideration of other people. Greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. I'd just like to teach you four biblical principles which I call as Biblical Economics 101. And Biblical Economics 101 states about four principles about our own generosity. First, that everything you have comes from God. Principle number two, that everything that is given to you is given to you in trust. It is not yours. It is just given to you in stewardship. And principle number three, that the blessing that you have are not given to you for your own personal benefit. And principle number four, what is given to you is given to you so that you could share it with others. This is Biblical Economics 101. This is about generosity. This is about giving. And so this is our daily bread living. The Lord's Prayer teaches us about key principles of how to apply the gospel in our daily lives. The daily bread living allows us to see that the gospel is really relevant and appropriate to daily life. And so we need to look at how we apply this in the context of four aspects. The attitude of gratitude, the attitude of contentment, the attitude of confidence, and fourth, the attitude of generosity. Why don't we live the gospel on a day-to-day -day basis? 
Why don't we apply these principles and let God work through us? In that way, we would be blessed. Let me just conclude with a story. I'm not sure if you are familiar with Russell Conwell. And Russell Conwell is the, the founder of Temple University in the U.S. But right now, Temple University is already a, a state-sponsored, a state-funded university. But when Temple University was, was being established, Russell Conwell gave a speech entitled Acres of Diamond, and it was made into a, into a simple book. The story goes like this. There was once a man, according to the story of Russell Conwell, there was once a man. He has lots of properties. He has wealth. And because of that, you could say that he is rich. And he was contented. He was contented because he was rich. And he was rich because he was contented. Let me repeat that. He was contented because he was rich. And he was rich because he was contented. Then one day, a traveling teacher passed by, and the man was able to speak to this traveling teacher. And the traveling teacher said, you know what? Your wealth is nothing. Those are small things. Because out there, there are acres and acres of diamonds. And if you could find those acres of diamonds, you would be rich beyond compare. You would be the richest man in the whole world. And so for the first time, the man felt poor. He was discontented because he was poor. And he was poor because he was discontented. And so the man sold everything he had. He sold his property, he sold his land, so that he could use that money to go and travel and search for those acres of diamonds. But the man became old and died, and he was not able to find those acres of diamonds. But that's not the end of the story. The second half of the story is this, that the person who bought the property of that man one day, that person was walking on, on, on a lakeside or in the river that's part of that property. And while walking, that, that person who, who, who now bought that uh, land from, from the first person saw something glittering on the water. He saw something that was glittering. And he went out into the river to find out what was that glittering thing. And he realized that that glittering thing was a diamond. The river was full of diamonds. So what's, what's the moral lesson of that story? The lesson of the story is this, that oftentimes the blessings are just there right before us. But we could not see that because our attention is always towards the future. It's always about being anxious towards what is the future. The lesson for us Christians is this, that we do need to find God's blessings wherever we are, whatever situation you are in. Even if you are struggling right now, you do need to find things that God is blessing you. It might be through a friend. It might be through your conversations. It might even just be through simple things that you have right now. These are the things that you need to see God at work in your life. These are small blessings, but these are blessings indeed from God that you need to be thankful for. 
We do not need to search farther and wide for things that God is blessing us. It is there right before us. It is just a matter for us to open our minds and open our hearts to His blessings on a daily basis. This is daily bread living. This is about having that spirit of contentment, of generosity, of just being confident that God will provide for all our needs. Friends, I invite you now into this space to, to live the gospel on a daily basis, to live the daily bread living. Blessings and blessings to all of you. Amen. And as we reflect on the message today, there are just two questions that I would just like us to ask. As we reflect on this question today, let us reflect on this. First, what is the current situation that God is calling you to apply the daily bread living? What is your current situation that God is calling you to apply the daily bread living? And second, who are the people in your life that God is calling you to encourage to trust in His provisions? Who are the people in your life that God is calling you to encourage to trust in His provisions? Let us reflect on these questions.